Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome back to Comic Book History Lessons where we talk about some of the history of your favorite heroes, stories, and everything in between. Oh my goodness, hi. It's been some time. Oh, I've missed this so much. Um, so first off, let's talk about it. Where have I been? Um, so I was gone for a little while, uh, like a long while. Um, I took a hiatus and, uh, that was for a couple of reasons. Um, first off, um, I think I left off in like uh, June, maybe. I don't know. I'm so sorry. But, um, I think, I, I think the last one was about the flash. Um, and I, I really do think it was in June. But come July, I know that there's all these, like, ideas of teachers just having the entire summer off and, like, you know, lounging out inside the pool or outside the pool. I don't know, out in the pool. Well, um, fun fact, it's not. And a lot of the times we take additional classes. um, And honestly, come July is when I start um, getting stuff ready for the school year. So I did a lot of stuff for school. Um, and this with COVID, uh, teaching has been really insane. So you prepare for the unprepared or you, I, I don't know. I just tried to do as much as I can. And, uh, teaching during a pandemic still hasn't gotten any easier. So, um, I really needed to just take some time and focus on my career and my students, um, make sure they are okay, uh, socially, emotionally, making sure I'm okay socially, emotionally, mentally, all of the above. Um, and so I really just needed to, uh, something that I've struggled with is putting myself out too thin or like, you, you know, that quote, like just, I, I constantly have too much on my plate and my plate is always over 
feeling full. So um, I just really needed to just kind of breathe and put myself in a good headspace so I could take on all these really cool projects that have been happening. So first off, teaching is always my number one. I will always put my students and my career first just because for one, it pays the bill. Also, that is teaching and education is my uh, passion. So that that's one reason. Uh, second reason is because I had this amazing opportunity come out, uh, sorry, come up with Scout Comics. Uh, if you haven't heard of Scout Comics, then I really would like you to start reading some of their comics because they are some amazing um, comic book creators. So with Scout, I get to be behind the scenes and be promoting some of their books. Um, and I am one of the co-social media media marketers, I think, managers, media marketer managers, triple M's. I think. I don't know. Me and my buddy Joey Galvez, who um, if you ever watched us on the Wednesday Warriors Live, um, we are behind the Scout Comics social media pages. So we run their TikToks, their Instagrams, Facebook, Twitter. Um, so make sure after this you go ahead and go like all their social media pages and uh, go read some of their books because they are truly awesome. Um, and so before... I, like I said, I, oh, I spread yourself thin. I did it. I figured it out. Spread yourself thin. Before I spread myself too thin, I really wanted to make sure that I was good at my job. So one thing about me is that I don't ever half butt anything that I do just because, okay, you guys, if you know me in person, like outside of the classroom, you know, I, I have a potty mouth and I curse like a sailor. However, the thing about this podcast is that I would like to bring children of all ages into the comic book world. So I will not use foul language here. So I don't half butt things that I do. I really want to put my all into it. And so in order for me to put my all in it, I kind of had to take a break so I could make sure I knew how to do my job correctly. Fun fact, I'm still learning. I still think I'm, it's, it's been a learning curve, but I'm doing it. And I am so excited to bring back comic book history lessons. And it's now going to return to weekly or biweekly. Um, and I'm just pumped because there are so many things that I've been wanting to talk about. And I just haven't had a chance. So here we are. We're back. I even wanted to start this a couple more weeks ago. But, you know, just life, pandemic. But... My historian friends, let's get into it. And I promise I will never take that long of I I I hiatus. Yes, hiatus again. Um, just a friendly reminder: if you haven't missed my past like four minutes of me mispronouncing words and trying to correct myself, um, hi, I've been in speech therapy <laughs> since I was a kid. I struggle with um some words, and uh, sometimes I stutter. Sometimes I. I mispronounce um, three syllable words or multi-syllable words. It's just, you know, one of those things. And that's the beauty of me being a teacher and working with kiddos with uh, learning disability or sorry, learning differences and um, different struggles is that, hi, we are all human and we all make mistakes. So, yeah, don't be mean. Thanks. Okay. But let's talk about some stuff. So first thing, remember back in the day, I used to talk about like, here are the books that I'm reading. 
Well, a lot of books have come out since then. So uh, let's just talk about what I've been reading, what I'm going to pick up this week, okay? Um, So Saga is coming back. It's been a really, really long time. So if you haven't read Saga, then do yourself a favor and go read some Saga. Um, It is published through Image Comics uh, on Wednesday, January 26th, I believe. Issue 55 is going to come out. And they've been on like, I mean, I thought I took a long hiatus, but Saga took an even longer one. Um, So do yourself a favor and pick up some of the first volumes of it and check it out because it is a great story. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I've been reading The Amazing Spider-Man. I am finally loving the series again. Um, I struggled a lot when we had, I, I say this all the time, and if you're my friend I'm, and you hear me rant about this, I'm so sorry. I was just over the kindred stuff. I wish it was a lot and it was really long. So I'm really glad that that's over. But we got some retcons in there. Thank goodness the whole Gwen Stacy stuff and the berries was just, if you don't know what I'm talking about, read since past and you'll know. But thankfully that's done. Something that I've been loving is Devil's Reign. It has been so good. Even the tie-ins, sometimes the tie-ins are a hit or miss, but Devil's Reign issue number three comes out Wednesday, January 26th, and I'm stoked because it's been fabulous. Um, I've been reading The Death of Doctor Strange. Oh, DC versus Vampires. Guys, James Tinian is killing it. It's so good. So check out that one. Um, House of Slaughter has been amazing. If you like Something's Killing the Children, it's a spinoff. Check that one out. Um, those ones are like the ones I'm... Ooh! 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 Mm. Uh, can we talk about that? Again, this is coming out Wednesday, January 26th. Mary Jane and Black Cat have a comic together. And I'm so excited. I haven't read it yet. I'm not a Mary Jane fan, but I might be if she... If her and Black Cat make something fabulous. I don't know. I'm actually super excited about this comic, which is surprising because like I I can't stand Mary Jane, but it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, I think those are like the big things that, uh, oh, Stray Dogs, Dog Days, that comes out this week too. If you're not a Stray Dogs fan, you should also read that. Um, But yeah, I think those are like the big ones that I'm picking up this week that I'm super pumped for. What are you reading? Find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and tell me what you've been reading because I love, I love just to have conversations about books and comics. So let's have conversations. All right. Um, also, we've had amazing things happened uh, from June to now, like so many TV shows. <gasps> Ooh, right now, we got the Book of Boba. Guys, this hits my heart with all the nostalgia in there. Like, this has been so good. The my one thing that I couldn't, I I can't support is the whole Vespa gang thing. If you watch issue, I mean, uh, chapter three, I mean episode three, four, I don't know, then you'll know. But besides that, Book of Boba has been fabulous. Um, despite what everyone says, if people say mean things, I don't know. People also were talking about Hawkeye, but I think Hawkeye was one of my favorite TV shows. WandaVision and Hawkeye. Oh, they were so good. If you weren't the biggest fan of Hawkeye, um, even if you were, I, you sh- if you haven't read Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, you should read Matt Fraction's Hawkeye because it is so, one of my favorites. Um, and it is 
you'll see like once you read it and then you rewatch Hawkeye, then you'll get it. So do yourself a favor, check that one out. Peacemaker, holy baloney, that has been fabulous as well. If you haven't been watching Peacemaker, give it a go. So yeah. All right, it is time to dive in to um, the history lessons of some comic books. Last time we left off with The Flash in the 1940s. And guess what? We're still in the 1940s. Kind of. Um, because we're taking it slow. Slow and steady wins the race. Wins the race. And guys, there's so much history in comic books. And I just I just find it amazing and uh, to see where we're at now to how far we've come. And we are in no hurry. Especially if I keep, you know, continue to take on more of these six months hiatuses. Just kidding. It's never happening again. I promise. All right. So let's jump into it. Today, we are going to talk about some super powerful women. So when I started taking my notes, I specifically remember that I was taking notes for this episode around the time that Black Widow came out, the movie, and I was going to like tie those in together and it was, in my head it was a really cool idea, but that was so long ago that I don't remember. Anyways, I loved Black Widow. Um, there was just a ton of female empowerment in there and I enjoyed it a ton and it just uh really hit of how far we've come with women in comic books and so we're going to talk about that today women weren't always superheroes they were primarily portrayed in secondary roles you know there's there's examples of classified as like career girl wait career girls there we go romance story heroines are like lively teenagers. So they're the ones, like they're the fluff in the story to like make the main character sound seem more interesting. But this changed because we got some powerful women characters out of this. There are many, there are so many more comic book characters that were created, but I'm only going to be talking about like the first ones, like the very, very first ones that we saw in comics from 1938 through the 19, like early 1940. Um, some of these more memorable characters that we know now, like Susan Storm and Wonder Woman, they were created a little bit after these women that I'm gonna talk about here shortly. I just really wanted to highlight some of the first female characters because a lot of them we don't see anymore. Um, we still get to have we still see Wonder Woman. We still see Susan Storm, which is beautiful. But I also wanted to to highlight some of the uh, characters that we don't see anymore. Especially because they were the first in comic books. And I don't want them to be forgotten. So, yeah. Let's dive into it. So, first on our list is Fantuma. Fantuma is also known as Mystery Woman of the Jungle. Uh, she was created by writer-artist Fletcher Hanks, but he went under a pen name as Barkley Flag. Fantuma first appeared in Jungle Comics issue number two in February of 1940. Fantuma was a woman who protected her jungle with an array of supernatural abilities, including flight, transmutation, and levitation. Fantuma's comics were published by Friction House, a publisher known for featuring progressive female characters at this time 
including Sheena. All right, so I really battled back and forth if I wanted to talk about Sheena or Fantuma first because both of them were created through Fraction uh, Fiction House. Uh, one was created before the other. However, um, I kind of wanted to end with Sheena because she is still a character that we see in comics and one that kind of, um, she had a little more going for her for her unfortunately uh well no sorry not unfortunately it was a great thing but um i just wanted i, th I think i'm gonna end with sheena but sheena and fantuma were created were both created through fiction house and um trina robinson's uh who is a comic book artist one of like an amazing female comic book artist talked about how fiction house was um really up and coming with their female characters Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Fantuma is interesting because she doesn't have a ton of character development. For instance, they didn't give her a backstory or origin. Uh, her whole past is unknown. So this is also a character that they could like retake, or, like remake into a whole nother, like give her all that. But, you know, apparently she didn't need a backstory or a past or anything. She just, ta-da! Uh, anywho, Fantuma is a being who can transform into skeleton-like entity or look like her normal state of a beautiful blonde woman. So if you look up pictures of her, like there are times where she has like a skull on her face. Um, so that is like how she could transform into a skeleton-ish thing. Definitely Google it. Um, you'll, you'll see. But she defends the jungle. And it's inhabitants from invasion. That's so beautiful. Can we have Fantuma now to go protect all of the, the jungles and the animals so people don't hurt them? That would be great. Or like stop the fires and oh, save the koala bears. Fantuma, we need you. All right. So in the first story, she follows an elephant to the elephant graveyard. Ugh. Two greedy explorers follow as well where they find a wealth of precious stones and elephant tusks at the graveyard fantuma confronts them in her skeletal form Ooh, spooky warning them of their impending doom one explorer stabs the other but is soon mirrored in quicksand and suffocates a bye she later battled org an entity who controlled giant spiders with drums, and Professor Zomax, a man who declared war on nature. We don't like him. Fantuma can transform her appearance, like I said, from a beautiful woman to skeleton form. That was like part of her, um, I will 
haunt you. I'm a skeleton type thing. Man, I wish I had that in the classroom. Like, put your phone away or I will be a skeleton. I don't know. Okay. Um, but she could fly and she has superhuman strength along with magical abilities. She's also a shapeshifter and she can transform objects. And again, she could fly. Um, she continued as a backup feature until her final appearance in issue 51 in March of 1944. That was a lot of numbers. I'm sorry. Um, but, I mean, she was around for four-ish years. I think at the time, I think that was pretty good. It's interesting because her and, like, the next two characters uh, came out within a month apart. So the idea of having females in comics as being more than just like the background um, was there. And so I was really excited to see them, you know, establish these characters, even if they don't have a past or an origin story. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that is the wonderful Fantuma. Uh, we definitely need her in our jungles to protect the animals and the environment. Please and thank you. So that concludes the first comic book woman superhero superhero woman in comics you know what i mean all right let's dive into our second guest and that is the woman in red dun 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 all right i hope that was intriguing because it pretty is the woman in red is a fictional character that was created by writer richard e hughes and artist george mandel she appeared in Thrilling Comics issue number two in March of 1940 and published by Nidor Comics. Nidor Comics has a kind of longish history with names, um, which begins with Standard Comics. Standard Comics was a comic book imprint of American publisher Ned Pines, who was also published pulp magazines under a variety of company names that he also used for the comics. And paperback books. Standard, in turn, was the parent company of two comic book lines, Better and Needor Publishing. And sometimes uh, refer to them collectively as Standard, Better, Needor. That's a lot. I know. I'm sorry. But again, it's the history. Sometimes history is a little boring. But let's unborify it. Yep, that's the new word. Okay, cool. The woman in red was a policewoman named Peggy Allen um, and is the department's best undercover operative. In order to deflect suspicion from her undercover role, usually as a nurse or a maid working at the scene of crime, she adopts the costume of the woman in red. And yes, it is red. She wears a red floor-length coat, a hood, and a mask. Peggy solves each case through deduction, athletic prowess, and a pistol. She displays scientific knowledge and gadgetry. Gadgetry. Yeah, there we go. See? Uh, including in one story, a tear gas fountain pen. What made the woman in red different from several other costume characters who were cops in everyday life was that she had a masked persona which she was the first female to do so in comics so you know how we have like superman but then we have clark kent or we have peter parker 
and then Spider-Man. She was the first female to have that those two different personas, which is pretty cool. So she was, you know, your everyday crime-solving Peggy Ellen. And then she also was the woman in red. I love a girl who could do both. So each story ends with Peggy debriefing the police chief who knows of her woman in red disguise and prays her good work. During her career, the woman in red battled villains such as the Black Death and Voa. She also dropped from thrilling comics after just a few years. Uh, Her last appearance was in issue 46, February of 1945. Um, She skipped several issues along the way. But in 2021, Alan Moore came out. Yes, the Alan Moore came out with Tom Strong, which is a comic book created by, you know, Alan Moore and artist Chris Sprouse. Uh, Initially, it was published bi-monthly by America's Best Comics, an imprint of DC Comics. In this series, Alan Moore revived the woman in red along with many other Nidor Comics characters. Alan Moore also changed the woman's in red's history for his revival, where sometime after World War II, the woman in red came into possession of a mysterious ruby crystal. This crystal gives her powers of flight and energy projection. Prolonged contact with the crystal eventually turns her skin a shade of crimson. At first embarrassed by her skin color, she begins wearing a leather costume that covers her from head to toe. She eventually comes to terms with her condition and adopts a costume resembling a one-piece bathing suit. Um, I wouldn't mind if I could see more of these comics because I think that would be really cool. Um, one thing that I love about comics so much is how much that if a character is gone, um, they could just revive them. And I think that in itself is beautiful. Um, I also think that's what's harder about watching movies is that you know that they can't necessarily like revive the character. They can, but we know that there's never going to be another Tony Stark like the way... Robert Downing Jr. did. Um, I mean, never say never, but it's just different. And don't get me wrong, it's always going to, it's different in the comics as well, um, based off of writers and artists and everything. But there's just something different about comics that these uh, revivals are beautiful in there. It's like a resurrection. It's, it's, I love that characters will never truly die. Um, And I think that's what's so nice about, not nice, but we need that getaway that no matter what, your characters are always going to be there. There's always going to be an alternate universe where your characters who you love and cherish are there. So um, can we have more Lady in Red and more Fantuma, please and thank you? Just throwing it out there. All right. So we are going to move on to our last female that I want to talk about. There are so many beautiful women in comics that were created, but these ones, like I said, specifically were the first that were created. They were literally created months apart. I promise you we're going to dive into Wonder Woman um, and all the other in-betweens, but these women are the ones that came out in the 1930s through the 1940s, and I really just wanted to give them their own spotlight. So, 
the last one I wanted to talk about, and technically she came out a little bit before Fantuma, but like I said, she is the most well-known, and so I didn't want to like, surprise, and then, by the way, here's Fantuma. No, I think they needed some excitement first, but now we are going to leave off on Sheena, the jungle queen. Something that I found interesting was that Sheena and Fantuma were both published through Fiction House, and they are like kind of similar. Um, so it's just interesting that they created like two semi-similar characters because Fantuma was known as the mystery woman of the jungle, which granted she was truly a mystery because we had no backstory on her. And now we have Sheena, who is the jungle queen. Um, I also think it'd be really cool if they did like a crossover, but that's neither here or there. All right, so let's talk about Sheena, the Jungle Queen. So Sheena was the first female comic book uh, character to have her own series, um, which debuted in spring of 1942, which did beat Wonder Woman. Um, and it came out the summer of the same year. So this is 1942, even though, well, mm, so Sheena was created in 1937, which was before Wonder Woman. But she got her own comic book series the same year. But she actually beat Wonder Woman by uh, like a couple months. Anywho. All right. So creator Will Eisner um, has been quoted as saying that her name, so Sheena, was inspired by H. Ryder Hag Haggard's novel, She. Sheena was conceived as a female counterpart to Edgar Rice's Tarzan and has a very similar origin story. So Sheena was created in 1937. See, so she was created before all these other women. But like I said, she had her first comic book series by herself shortly before Wonder Woman did. She was created by Will Eisner and Jerry Iger. Uh, her first appearance was in Magazine Wags issue number one um, in 1937, which uh, was in the UK. But then she had her first United States appearance in Jumbo Comics issue number one in 1938. So in 1937, she was in the UK first, and then 1938, she came to the US. Sheena can communicate with animals and is a proficient hand-to-hand -hand with a combat. She at least has a little more of a backstory um, compared to Fantuma, but uh, she was an orphan who grew up in the jungle and she learned how to survive and thrive there. Uh, she possesses the ability to communicate with wild animals and she's able to fight with knives, spears, bows, and uh, makeshift weapons that she finds in the jungle. Uh, her adventures mostly involve encounters with slave traders, white hunters, uh, native Africans, and wild animals. Again, she is another queen bean that we need in today's jungles to fight all the mean people. So she technically has no superhuman abilities, which kind of there was some, do we call her a superhero or not? So that's why technically she's not the first superhero because people like to get technical and because she has no real superhuman ability, they didn't consider her a superhero. 
However, she has some amazing ability and also she could talk to animals. So I think that is considered a uh, superhuman. I mean, I can't talk to animals. So if you could talk to animals, you are su- su- you're, you're super, okay? So in my mind, in my head, she deserves to be a superhero. Um, so yeah, so she technically has no superhuman abilities unless you count talking to animals, which I do. But she's extremely strong, agile, and she's an athletic woman. Um, having been taught to survive the uncompromising ways of the jungle from the early age. Sheena's weapons, uh, she includes having spears, bows, knives, and then, you know, whatever she could make up in the jungle. Also, um, if... If Hawkeye gets to be a superhero, and he technically doesn't have any, like... And Batman, they don't technically have any superhuman abilities either, besides, you know, Batmobiles and stuff. She totally gets to be a superhero, so there's that. But anywho, her comic didn't last... um, Well, hers lasted longer than Fantuma's, but... um, And it grew more popularity, to the point where, like, they even gave her a movie... In 1984, there was a film version of Sheena uh, where she was telepathic and communicated with jungle animals. And then in 2000, there was even a TV series version of it where she had the ability to shapeshift into animals. And she makes eye-to-eye contact with so she could like look at them and then shapeshift into them. Also reminds me of when we were kids, um, Animorph anamorphics was that it i don't know there's a book where they could transform into animals and that that was cool so she could do that too and she was she grew extremely popular back in the day currently dynamite comics has owns the rights to it and they still continue to release comics with her in there and she was even ranked 59th in Comics Buyer's Guide's 100 Sexiest Woman in Comics list. Which, I mean, I don't know. I I wish that they could be, like, strongest woman in comics, but we'll get there. We'll get there. So those were the three women who I really want to highlight that were the first that appeared in comic books and just truly paved the way for all of these other amazing comic book heroes uh, who are female. So now that we are wrapping it up um, and I got to tell you guys about some amazing women, I also wanted to leave it out on a quote because that's what we do here. And this quote is uh, said by Kelly Sue DeConnick, who is an amazing writer in comic books and is also a feminist and just all about grand person um also check out gail simone because she's also that amazing woman in comic books who's just a round great person but anyways this is said by kelly sue deconic which is if you can remove a female character from your plot and replace her with a sexy lamp and your story still works you're a hack And I love that so much because it's true, guys. Let's better incorporate these women in our stories and not just hyper-sexualize them. Um, And let's give them some powers and some strengths and 
fight just as well as the boys can. So thanks, Kelly Sue Deconic. Um, I just love that there are more and more women coming into the comic book industry and into the comic book community, and I am here for it. So thank you, women, for you know taking a chance. I'm not a writer nor an artist, but I'm a reader, so I'm all for it. Um, so thanks, thanks, friends, and I'm glad to see that things are changing. All right. Well, on that note by Kelly Sue DeConnick, um, I think that's going to wrap it up on the first female comic book superheroes uh, in the 1930s through the 1940s. I'm truly excited to go in and talk about um, some of these more memorable or iconic um, women, but I also just wanted to give a shout out to um, the creators and the writers and uh, these beautiful superheroes um, that we don't get to see anymore. So thank you to Fantuma and the woman in red and Sheena. So hopefully maybe, maybe we'll see you around. Maybe um, they will revive you and and we'll, you'll have your own comic. That'd be great. But on that note, you could find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ambrosia underscore Linda. You could also find me at TikTok at comics and cupcakes um also check out um all of scout comics social media because you can also find me there um as well as check out some scout comics books hopefully i'll have a code one day so i can be like check out scout comics at cupcakes 303 i don't know but for the time being just go buy some comics um, I'm also on a live show weekly called Wednesday Warriors Live with my friend Joey Galvez. So you can find us every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time where we talk about um, just the weekly comics and nerdy news that came out for the week. Uh, and you can find us on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook Live. Uh, that is Wednesday Warriors Live. Um, it's just a bunch of fun. So come come say hi. Friendly reminder, uh, guys, things again have been rough. This pandemic just seems like it's never going to end. Um, I know it's hitting a lot of people hard right now. Things have just been rough and not normal we don't know what normal is anymore but um if anyone hasn't told you yet i am proud of you um you are surviving and that is all i could ask from anyone right now so i i am proud of you and uh, again just a friendly reminder that you are loved you are valued and my dude you are worthy all right take care and stay safe bye, -bye.